0: There's no way out, I've got to show what I've become There's no doubt, got my back to the wall and I'm still hanging on There's no way out, I've made my choice
1: Don't, don't John, John, John. Troubles in my life have been all the same With a strain in my mind, getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart, but it's just a game going to get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavy-weighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heaven's on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change, like a change, bigger getting changed Gonna stay the same, with my mind spraying rearranged Gonna wash the blue out my mind, out my eyes Was I blind in my mind, cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism just track the M's, an I and the P And then what you're left with is me
0: there's no way out I've got to show you what i become There's no doubt
2: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to tonight's episode of the Zod Ryder show I am Zod Ryder and I want to thank everybody for listening to tonight's very special episode Tonight's episode is the Zack Snyder fan edition And I have a very special guest with me for tonight's show I have Uber Mensch, aka Nate from Twitter He is a member of the Snyder Cut movement As we all are, those listening to this show know that. And you are listening to psn-radio.com. Welcome to the Zod Rider Show. Nate, it is such a pleasure to have you. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, it's great to have you on here, man. I'm, I'm always excited to talk to a fellow Zack Snyder supporter. I don't think that there's anything more fun on the Zod Rider Show than Talking to like-minded Zack Snyder fans like myself. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? What are you, what are you, uh, what are you into and how did you, how did you get involved with the release the Snyder cut movement?
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, um, you know, as it is with most, um, most of us, you know, we, got you know we fell in love with man of steel we you know got amped and just really uh you know took in uh batman versus superman with with open arms and just revelled in that uh in in that style of of storytelling you know and uh when justice league came along i can't tell you how amped i was for for, for everything up to the point where it was announced that, uh, Danny Elfman was coming on to do his version of, you know, the, the score. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What's going on with this? Because, uh, you know, Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL were, were doing that. And at that point, my stomach just kind of, you know, dropped and because it was announced that, you know, he was going to include the old school, his version of the Batman theme. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Because we're talking about the, you know, you know, the, the Candyland version of, of Batman, you know, and, uh, while I loved that, that theme, it was a huge departure from, I already knew that the, the, the feel the tone to this movie was going to be not what we were used to. And uh, sure enough, you know, when I went in to watch it, you know, I watched it and I was really excited for it because I wasn't going to judge it just based off of the the score. And I knew that, you know, Joss Whedon had done, you know, remarkable things with the Avengers movie and with, you know, his other projects. But uh, you really couldn't see the the damage that had been done until uh the opening scene where we saw Henry Cavill's busted lip. So it was it was hard. And then you know I took my kids begrudgingly to the a second viewing, <laughs> you know hoping that they would you know not be disappointed, but they were, you know, and they're they're uh you know 14 and and almost 16 now, but uh they were not as amped as they had been for the previous films, so.
2: Okay, so you, so your, so your kids were fans of the, of the original Zack Snyder movies as well.
1: Well, yeah, I, and, and, you know, my, both of my kids, I mean, I, you know, amounted to bad parenting or whatever, but, you know, I, I got them into gaming and, and then, you know, uh, I got them into, this comic stuff, um, you know, I fell in love with um, Superman Returns when you know back in 2006 because it was like the first Superman film in like forever, and so when that came along, you know, they were they fell in love with Superman too, and um, from that point forward, when uh, Man of Steel came out, they they loved that incarnation. When Batman vs Superman came out, uh, because I had introduced. You know, the, the Marvel Encyclopedia, you know, the big old fat thing you can find in, uh, in, uh, in bookstores and then the, the, uh, the DC Encyclopedia that explains everything about all the characters. And so they're huge gurus. They love to read and they're like, dad, I know more about this character than you do. <laughs> so <laughs> it, uh, it's been really, uh, fascinating to see them grow in the fandom and have their own opinions. So, uh, they felt it was a little early to have, to have doomsday in the whole scene. And, you know, I was like, well, I agree, but, uh, we have to remember that even Batman versus Superman was, uh, was tampered with. And so they had to kind of go a different route with it. But, um, yeah, they, they're huge fans and, uh, they, uh, my, uh, my, my oldest likes to, um, Counsel me on the whole dark side and Steppenwolf, you know, and their their backstories and how it really is according to the comics. And I'm like, well, you know, it's this is this is you know this is filmmaking, and uh there's going to be a, a certain amount of departure, but you know that Zack Snyder he tries to stay as close to the source material as possible. And while you know we us as fans we don't understand exactly how his Justice League was going to turn out, there's a lot of speculation. So um, it's easy for people who are hardcore fans to to judge because they don't know the whole story. They don't know the sequence. They don't know what's going on. And it's partially because a lot of people judge Zack Snyder based off of um, his including Doomsday at such an early stage. And uh, it's not fair because we all know that um, early on uh, The script was um, Supposed to include a different villain But it turned out the way it did And we all still find a way to appreciate it
2: Well I have to say that I believe that that's parenting done right When you have your children uh, Correcting you about <laughs> characters I think that's awesome um, And as far as Doomsday goes We know that that was a You know that was an element that the studio Wanted included because the studio Wanted uh, the death of Superman so that's, right. so that's, so again, you, you know, you, you have to look at it. Like we, I believe that the villain we were supposed to, the other villain we were supposed to get for Batman V Superman was Metallo. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. There's a lot, Metallo. there's
2: a, there's a lot of concept art out there with Metallo and, you know, so yeah, that I, am pretty sure that was going to be a different movie. And as we know, Zack Snyder had an entire five movie arc that, Got ruined, so we can just so we can just chalk that up to more of uh Warner brothers' uh, brilliant mandating um, It just seems like it just seems like we're living in a time now where studios feel that it's more important to mandate and to basically create films via committee more than just allowing. Filmmakers to do what they do, which has always confused me because I kind of look at it like you hire these high-profile filmmakers to make these movies. You trust in them enough to bring them out to make sure that they're going to give you and give the audience a high-quality product, and then you turn around and meddle and make it a, make it a, try to go in a different direction. And I, I don't, I, I've just never understood that idea because you could always get a filmmaker. You could just hire anybody to come in and shoot a bunch of scenes. So I kind of feel like if they're going to, if they're going to be like that, why even get high profile filmmakers to come in and make the movies? Why not just have anybody come in, shoot the, shoot the footage the way they want and then just have a trailer company cut all their movies together.
1: You know, and I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that, um, it's, you know, I, I don't think, th- Warner Brothers hasn't always had this issue, you know? They used to be a, a director-driven uh, uh, company, and I think this is something that really um, became a priority to them to uh, get involved in the creating process within the last 10 or 15 years. Because, uh, you know, New Line Cinema, which... I, I, I don't know if they, they've always been, uh, a, how do you say it? If they, if Warner Brothers has always been a parent company to New Line Cinema, but. No, that, no know. they
2: weren't always. They acquired New Line Cinema. I don't remember exactly when they acquired them. I think they acquired them shortly before, uh, the Lord of the Rings movies. Perfect. But they, That's, but they were, that... but they were, but before then, Warner, uh, New Line Cinema was its own thing.
1: Right. So what I'm saying is that, you know, uh, New Line Cinema, who, you know, was at the time, uh, affiliated with Warner Brothers, uh, gosh, you know, they gave Peter Jackson (laughs) all the dollars in the world and said, you just make your movie. And he made a trilogy that was, that was, uh, really um groundbreaking for for film you know and uh of course i think that when the hobbit films came along he didn't have that same creative freedom and i think that's why they didn't do as well had they you know just let him do his thing i think there was just some some studio meddling going on with oh um, yeah there,
2: there was obviously studio meddling going on with those hobbit movies but I mean, and you could tell that when you go in and you watch the, you go on and you watch if you if you watch the uh, director's cuts of the Hobbit movies that came out later, you'll see that you'll see you know some some very very stark differences, and of course the movies are a lot longer the ones that Peter Jackson originally envisioned. But we also well, have to remember that those Hobbit movies were never meant to be done by Peter Jackson in the first place, you know. And I, I think that if I think that if anybody earned enough goodwill by the studio, it should have been Peter Jackson at that point. Like almost like almost like Christopher Nolan. I mean, there's a director who can pretty much do whatever he wants and the studio yeah. isn't going to say anything because they know they can bank on whatever he does, uh, whatever he, what he does. But going through the history of warner brothers warner brothers has a very sordid history when it comes to interfering with films i mean they've done they've been doing it for a long long time i mean we look you gotta look at you got you can go back i think you can go back as far as orson wells and find films where the studio meddled with the movies and i mean let's talk i mean this is why we've got so many different cuts of blade runner we've got you know we have right. for, for yeah. example another g- good example that's very very uh, germane to this conversation uh, superman 2 the the richard donner cut of superman 2 is another example of studio meddling studio interference which of course once again is a warner brothers product and that superman is- the superman 2 situation kind of resembles this one in a lot of ways but then not quite because the major difference between the Donner cut of Superman 2 and the Snyder cut of Justice League is the fact that the Donner cut, Richard Donner did not was not around to shoot everything that Richard Donner wanted to shoot. Richard Donner only shot so much before he was let go, whereas, whereas uh, Zack Snyder was able to shoot everything that he wanted to shoot for his movie before right. before he left the project. So you have so that that's the difference that we have here where we could you could say you could say well we got the Donner cut and the Donner cut was not even as complete as the Snyder cut is. If all the Snyder, if what the rumors are are if what people are saying is true and the Snyder cut only needs visual effects work to be releasable then that And not even
1: that, that much. Not much. And not right. even and, that
2: much. Right and and not even that much then there's really no excuse. Uh, for the studio not doing it. It's just like Chris Wong says. They're leaving money on the table. If they don't eventually release this film. I mean you. you I mean, at that point you're just. You're, the money that you're going to spend to finish it. Even if it is like John Aaron Garza pointed out. What 40 million dollars. Even if it's 40 million dollars. That needs to be spent. That 40 million dollars is a pittance. Compared to what they're going to make. I mean think about it. All the controversy and hype surrounding this movie. This movie is definitely going to make a return on the investment. There's no way that this movie, that it, the movie wouldn't, I, I would go as far as to say that it will, pr- it would probably be one of the best selling Blu-rays of all time. If it ever gets, if, when, if, and when it gets released, it's going to, it's going to be a huge, huge sell- seller for fans, curiosity seekers and haters alike. Everybody is going to buy this movie because there's so much hype surrounding it. I don't I don't remember there ever being a movement for a movie as 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 high profile as this. I don't ever remember anything like it. Do you?
1: I don't think so. I th- I think that uh there was something similar which would have been with the Donner cut. Uh because we all know that he shot uh Superman the movie and Superman 2 simultaneously. Right. And, uh, when, you know, of course he, Warner Brothers said, no, we can't probably <laughs> release a five hour movie. So, um, <laughs> let's figure this out. And of course there were some creative differences. And so that's how that was born and as far as, um, him being, uh, let go and Richard Lester being brought on to, to finish, uh, Superman 2. And I think that, uh, you know, there was a movement to have his original vision released. But I mean, social media wasn't around back then. It, it's, it's just a totally different monster nowadays. And I think that we are, this movement is louder and more. I'm, I hate to word the, use the word obnoxious, but it's, we're, we're able to be so much more visible to even the, the, uh, the common person, you know, who isn't really in the know, that uh, we're able to 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 speak volumes rather than just letter writing, and because I mean, and that's why it took, you know, freaking what, 25 years for the Donner cut to get, you know, released.
2: The Donner um, cut. What what it ha- what what had happened with the Donner cut was the idea of of that getting released. It wasn't so much. And and this is kind of how I feel about the Donner cut. If if the Donner cut was as complete as the Snyder cut, you probably would have got the Donner cut a lot sooner. The problem with the Donner cut was that it wasn't that it wasn't really complete. They had they had Donner scenes, but they needed Donner to come in and redo it. And it and it wasn't even Richard Donner himself. Uh, if you go back and you watch some of the, you watch the documentary about the Richard Donner cut that's on the Donner cut Blu-ray, it wasn't even Donner himself that came in to recut the movie. It was another guy, I think his name, I can't remember his first name, but I remember his last name was Thao or something. And he came in and he, and he basically assembled it all together, you know, with the, you know, uh, with you know Donner's approval and everything, he came in and he he assembled it the way Donner wanted it and everything, and they used what they had. But even them, they they even they still had to use stuff from Richard Lester's version that Richard Lester had shot, unfortunately, because Richard Donner hadn't shot everything that he. That he needed for his version of Superman 2, which is again another major difference with the Snyder <laughs> Cut. If if I I would have to say that if we, if when we finally see this Snyder Cut, not only is it going to be a different movie in terms of what we got in theaters, it's going to be a different movie entirely. In the, given in the fact that we they probably won't use any, there probably won't be any stuff anything that was used in theaters that was Joss Whedon's because everything that Joss Whedon shot was, was reshoots. Yeah. I, I,
1: yeah, I, I agree. I
2: agree. So there's no, so to me, it's like, it's like, yeah, you're getting, you're literally getting a brand new movie. It's literally, it's almost like you could say, you could say, I mean, it's, and this is another reason why it's such an oddball You know, an oddball situation because there have been variations on movies before where you have a movie that was shot that was kind of like a hybrid between two directors and stuff. But I I can't think of any major cases that we can talk about right now where um, where the movie was shot completely by one director and then turned turned around and almost completely reshot and reworked by another director to where there are two vastly different films two totally separate films that exist with the same name that could have could easily replace one another that's something that that's something that makes this a very historical thing in and of itself too i mean what do you think about that part
1: i think that uh no i think you're right i think that um the 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 uh the face that we have the the voice that we have um is incomparable to anything else that <laughs> has been has been challenged you know um we're asking for a movie that uh you know when was uh when was the Snyder con back in march right so, he said that it's, it's done, it needs some minor tweaks, but you know what? I, I think that Warner Brothers has a cut, or two, or whatever it is, but Zack Snyder's got his own production, production company. You know, the Stone, what is it, Stone, uh,
2: Stone Quarry.
1: The Stone Quarry. So, uh, previously, you know, uh, Cruel and unusual feel, uh, cruel and unusual films, and now it's a Storm quarry. But you know, he between even in the three months or so that since that that Snyder con, I mean, don't you think that any tweaks that I mean he he could he could have, you know, on his own dime, you know, hired his own people to make certain tweaks to this thing. I mean, it's entirely possible that he's been able to work, you know. At least a little bit on his, on his own craft. And, uh, I'm fairly certain that whatever Warner Brothers has is probably not as finished as what Zack Snyder has. That's, so, what, I,
2: that's what I believe too. And I, I'm one of those people that also subscribes to that Chris Wong theory that, that maybe, yeah, that there have got to be multiple cuts of the Snyder cut. Like right. even, and even, even Zack himself said that there are, there are a lot of cuts. He said that himself. So, so yeah, maybe the cut that Warner Brothers has is far less complete than the one that Zack Snyder has. But then, you know, there have been some great points brought up. You know, John Aaron Garza brought up a point recently where he had said that even if Zack Snyder has a more complete cut than the one Warner Brothers has right now, if he worked on it, on it even if he worked on it on his own time unless he did so with the permission of Warner Brothers it's just well, like it's, just like, his a, it's just
1: like on a, his own he just can't release it
2: right right unless he did it with the permission of Warner Brothers he can't do he can't really release it it's just like it's the equivalent of like a fan edit of like of like what what Christopher Dawson is working on right now the black suit edition you're, You've created you know your your you've got your own version that you that you've made or you're working on and it could be and and for all we know it could be it could be far more complete it could be polished it could be pretty much you know releasable but he would have to have you know the approval of Warner Brothers for that and Warner Brothers would have to sign off on that and 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 yeah, I, I, well, all I have to say about that is who's to say that Warner Brothers wouldn't sign off on something like that if Warner Brothers Perfect. gave him gave yeah. him permission and said, okay, you could keep working on it if you want to, and eventually maybe we can work something out about releasing it, but you can't release it until we're ready for it to be released. See, that's the well, thing. We, you don't, know what? We, don't, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, so we have no way right. of knowing, but all we know is that Zach keeps releasing you know dropping all these little tidbits and of information for us and making everybody happy on viral social media so i so i have to i have to assume that maybe maybe there is something like that going on who knows
1: yeah and you know at least uh he's definitely uh earning his uh his uh name to be placed as the 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 director instead of you know the theatrical cut, you saw Zack Snyder pop up. It's like people cheered, and then they're like, just like, that was not a Zack Snyder movie, you know? So, I mean, I, 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 I'm of the belief that um, he's got a far more put-together –
2: uh He probably has a cut that if you went to his house – He could probably show it to you in his in his little home theater that he has. He could probably show you his cut, and it would be a complete cut of the movie. He's, I'm I'm pretty sure, he's got his own personal private version that he that he has that some people have seen. Yeah, that he's happy with, and that that's the point that that's the 214 minute version that he's circling on posters that's the version that he's talking about when he when he says that it's done he's not talking about whatever whatever incomplete pre (laughs) pre yeah pre-visual version that warner brothers has with all these incomplete shots and all this he's not talking about that he's talking about his cut he's got a cut it's done there's multiple cuts it's just up to Warner Brothers, and if Warner Brothers were to go to him tomorrow and say, "Okay, Zach, we want to release the Snyder cut," he could say, "Okay, well, here, here's the Snyder cut," and he could he could put on the table, he could give them the version that he has, and then that would, and then that would be what the version that we would get, and that's what I think is actually going to happen. So, in in yep. my mind, I don't think Warner Brothers really even would need to invest. 40 million or whatever the number is maybe I, yeah, if they want to complete the cut that they have, but if they go to, if they go to Zack Snyder and and Zach Snyder so says, I have a cut. Was,
1: yes. Cause I tell you what, I, I mean, God bless his family and everything that he, you know, he had to go through. But I know that if I were in his shoes and I had a, had been working on a project that I knew was just getting, you know, reworked, um, that's that that's some cause for you know, primarily for what you know happened with his daughter, um, but secondary secondary you know with his with his uh, livelihood, that would cause me, if I was in his shoes, some major depression. And what do we do when we're when we're caught in a stage of major depression? We fall into a hole and we just stay up and we do our own thing hours upon hours and a lot of people don't sleep very well but they work really hard at, at trying to complete what they feel was taken from them
2: not only especially,
1: that
2: you're right you're right 100 yeah. percent. you're right 100 percent. but and i didn't mean to cut you off but what i was about to say was that what we always have to remember about zach snyder is He's a perfectionist and he's not going to exactly. let something like that. He's not going to let something like that sit. It he's does, not going to let yeah. that be a, let that be a blight on his name. So if Zack Snyder is being Zack Snyder, we can rest assured that he has a completed cut of Justice League. He's not going to be, he's not going to be doing all of this and he's not going to be saying all of these things and answering all these questions. If he doesn't have something real. That's what I'm saying. This is why I don't knowing the kind of filmmaker he is, and knowing what he went through, and knowing where he's where he's headed. He's not. That's not the kind of guy he is. He's not gonna do that. He's not gonna say. He's not gonna just come turn out and and release images of Darkseid and all these pictures from his film that we're never gonna see. He knows that he has a cut that would be palatable for all of us that we would that everybody would love he knows this he knows what he, and he probably knows what warner brothers has as well and the idea that yeah that stone quarry that he has his own production company that he could have been had worked on the special effects for many, and for many how months long now, now. It's, yeah it's for been, how many months i mean my well, god it's he been he like down two, two when, years when
1: he, he stepped down in, in in what may of 2017
2: yeah, I think it was something like May March. March
1: years, or had, May, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's had two years to to sit in the dark in front of his Batcave screens, you know, to meddle with this stuff. And he knows people. He knows people I mean it's not just him working on, on this thing at, at Stone Quarry. He's got exactly. his own p- that could be working on this stuff while he's doing Army of the Dead or what you know, whatever else he's been working on. But uh, I I don't I don't think that um uh, we're looking at a cut that is just in the hands of warner brothers um and there are a lot of people within the movement that are you know concerned with uh, with with that you know they're still con- so concerned with um just not having um, not having the 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 surety that uh, things are, there's just a lot of doubt, I think. I think there's oh, a lot yeah, of doubt. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. And, and again, the idea that there's, that the, the, the narrative that is going around, again, that whole idea that, you know, we ne- they need $40 million to complete the movie or they need this, this and this. Yeah. They need, maybe they need $40 million to complete the cut that Warner Brothers has. And maybe, and maybe, like he, and, maybe Zack, and maybe Zack Snyder has his cut ready to go and all warner brothers has to say is okay we want to release the snyder cut i can i'm assuming that if they're going to release the snyder cut they need snyder's approval for whatever they release because he's still the director of the project so if that's the case then they would go to him and he would say okay here's the completed cut and he would give them what he has
1: they already smeared him once with the theatrical cut because it clearly wasn't his movie um, they should have just put Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon on the on the director's cut or on the on the direct on the theatrical cuts You know, we, directed by Joss Whedon. That's I, what, I was talking
2: been. to uh, I was talking to in uh, DMs. I was talking to John Aaron Garza about it because I wanted to know because after he wrote his article, he got a lot of flack about you know the whole what we've been talking about right here the whole forty million dollars for Warner mm-hmm. Brothers and he had pointed out to me the whole thing about how if Zach's been working on it. In his free time that it, you know, that it's like kind of like a fan edit because he's not, you know, it's not, he's not doing it for Warner Brothers. He's doing it for himself. It's his own personal cut. But the idea that they don't, you know, the idea that you can't have, that they can't coexist, that they can't have that just because Warner Brothers has an incomplete cut. It doesn't mean that Zach doesn't have a complete cut. And that's always been my argument. My argument has always been you can have, yeah, you can have the studio, could have their incomplete, and Zach could have his, his completed cut. And eventually, once the two come together and contracts are signed and deals are made, we, there's nothing that says we won't get the completed cut that Zach wants us to see. At this point, the idea of Joss Whedon getting full director credit for Justice League I believe the reason why that didn't happen was because Zack Snyder didn't wanted to retain the rights so that he could eventually give us his director's cut cuz think about it if he got his name if he got his yeah. name taken off the movie it would probably be a lot harder for him to give us his director's cut now yeah. he can give us a director's cut cuz his name is still on the movie the only reason I believe the only reason Richard Donner's name got taken off of the, of Superman two was because Donner specifically asked to have his name removed from the movie Snyder. I don't believe asked to have his name removed from the movie. I think Snyder stayed, you know, wanted his still kept his name on it just so that he could eventually put out the version of the movie that he intended.
1: So well, it's that. And it's also, I think that uh he got permission. I mean, Richard Donner had said, screw it, and said, do whatever you want. And they had, uh, re shot a certain percentage of the film that would allow Richard Lester's name to be placed on there. Right. Um, right. But, but here's all, another but thing. They, was, but
2: they lied about, but see, but they lied about the percentage of footage that Whedon shot too. Because they <laughs> made it seem, they well, remember, yeah. they, remember, they uh-huh. made it seem like, remember all those articles though that made it seem yeah. like Whedon, I was only going and doing a move doing small things. We didn't basically reshot like 98% of the movie and then reworked everything else. And in the end, we're left with what we got, which isn't even, doesn't even scratch the surface of what Zack yeah. Snyder wanted to give us. So as far I as I'm, I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's like he technically could have got a director credit if Zack Snyder wanted his name off that movie.
1: Right. And you know, I, I, I think that Joss Whedon gets far more of a a bad rap for this than he probably deserves, but the reason I'm angry with the whole Joss Whedon thing is that if he knew that he wasn't going to be able to do this and just, you know, uh, bring a justifiable, bring a movie to the audience, that was going to be up to par with what Zack Snyder would have approved of. I mean, he could have just said, sorry, Warner brothers, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> you know, he could have just walked away and said, look, find somebody else to trash this film because I love these characters and I'm not going to do it.
2: Yeah. He could have done, it, done it. Yeah, And I so that's,
1: that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm upset about. And, um, while he, you know, he did what he did and he, I think there was a certain level of control that he he could have just said, you know, I'm not going to do that. I Um, think we
2: would. And I think what would have happened if that was the case, had Joss Whedon turned them down like he should have, we may have, we may have gotten Snyder's original vision or at least what Snyder shot because they wouldn't have had enough time. I think they had it in their minds that they wanted Joss Whedon to come in and do it. And because Joss Whedon agreed that kind of, uh, that kind of, enabled warner brothers to do what they wanted to do which was basically ruin the tone and do and make a family-friendly movie and i think that
1: yeah it was a deliberate attempt to sabotage sabotage dc and give marvel the upper hand it was, that's, exa-
2: that's exactly, that's exactly what it looked like. That's Everything and, 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 and when you, and when you go back and you, and you really look at the timeline and you really look at the way things happened, it's hard to argue that this was anything but self-sabotage on the part of, on the part of Warner Brothers, honestly.
1: Well, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, we are now, uh, up against, I'm not even going to say up against, but we're dealing with a Warner Brothers that uh, is not the same as what we were up against um, two, two and a half years ago. Um, I mean, after Justice League was re- uh, was released in theaters, I mean, all hell came down. And it, uh, I mean, everybody was either let go, fired or quit. And, uh, you know, of course we know Kevin Sujihara, you know, about, you know, he, uh, self-sabotaged by doing the dirty with some young actress. But, um, you know, Jeff Johns is doing his own thing now. Thank God. Keep him away from movies. Um, great comic book writer, but, you know, keep him away from movies. Um, and, you know, I think that we're uh, looking at a group of people that have seen the Snyder Cut. I mean, uh, Walter Hamada—he's—he's a, he's a horror movie guru. You think he's going to watch the Snyder Cut and go, "This ain't too scary"? I've done worse, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I think that he's a Snyder a Snyder fan. I think there's a lot of people that are being brought on uh JJ Abrams is being i mean it appears that he's being brought on with Bad Robot and who's uh who appears to be a friend colleague or otherwise to Zack Snyder uh gets along real well with him like uh like like it or not uh James Gunn also has worked with Zack Snyder I mean it's it's entirely possible that here down the road we could not get maybe exactly what was being projected two or three years ago as far as how the DCU would move forward, but the quality of film is going to be back on track to what we want, and um, there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, Warner Brothers came out and said, hey, we want to do different flavors of films. Um, every character is going to have their they're light in the their 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 time in the light to shine however that character is um supposed to be Shazam i mean I liked Shazam a lot of people didn't, but the reason I get it is because I mean it's an adolescent film he's a kid who is gonna be he's gonna have an ego and be selfish and you know he's gonna act like a child you know, and uh that film to a degree. Really worked for me um, because I I understood that that's the premise that that was the tone that I mean I don't know how if my kid because I got a fourteen and an almost sixteen year old and I can tell you that if they had superpowers they probably would have like act the same way and said hey I'm you know I'm better than you or I don't take things seriously and why should he take someone seriously? He's going to get his ass handed to him by, uh, Dr. Savannah, you know, cause he's cocky. And then, but you know, I, I see that in future films, he's going to, he's going to mature. He's going to mature pretty quickly because he's going to get his ass handed to him several times over before he finally gets it and says, I got to take this stuff seriously. And so I think it's really, uh, a thing where you have to let these characters, um, Grow and uh, and be one way, and then in future films, you see that uh, they have much more mature roles and treat things differently in the future. Um, same with uh, you know, it's just every character. I think it's okay to have different flavors, but in saying that, we have to say, okay, well, guess what? Zack Snyder has a flavor too, and it's okay to do dark films, it's okay to do bright and funny or more lighthearted films what's important to me is that they're all connected and in one way or th- in another and uh, one thing i appreciated about Shazam was that there were those nods to batman versus superman the the events that happened there were you know uh you know we got a, a headless superman but if we're to understand that he just wasn't available uh you know to to screen that or to to film then, I mean, it's whatever, but you know what? We got a nod to, to Batman versus Superman, and they didn't have to do that. They didn't. They could have just, uh, said, screw, screw the whole, the whole, uh, past, and do, not acknowledge anything, and then we would have been even more upset. You know, but at least they threw in those nods, and we have that, uh, that connection to where at least, you know, we understand that it is, it is part of the same world. Is part of the same universe, and uh, but yeah, that's just my whole piece on on who's still currently or who's who's there now, who we're up against. I think we're uh, asking the Snyder Cut from a group of gentlemen that, or maybe ladies too, that um, are far more Zack Snyder friendly than we think, and in order to um gain their favor or if we even need to, because I'm sure they have uh their own agenda as far as maybe they want to release the Snyder Cup. But they're just working through negotiations and it's taking a little bit of time, but I think it helps us to remain positive and to um not um and just to ask for it, you know, considerately because um of the situation. I mean, this all happened due to A family loss, and um, that's what's most important. That's what's most important is that we are thinking about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and then secondarily for for the Snyder Cut. And I think I think it'll happen. It's just going to take a little bit of time, especially if there are uh, um, you know contracts to be finalized, people to get paid, and you know negotiations to move forward as far as bringing on Zack Snyder potentially with uh JJ Abrams and a slew of other great directors that we can confide in to see, make see, our now,
2: now I have hope for uh that J. JJ Abrams will come in being an ally of Zack Snyder but I kind of on the one hand though I kind of don't understand people making the correlation between Zack's between uh J.J. Abrams getting this new deal and and the whole DC universe because from what I understand the stuff that J.J. Abrams is going to do is more pertaining to his TV shows and other projects that he has from Warner Brothers. It doesn't say anything in there about him coming in and doing stuff with the DC universe or anything it seems like he's going to be working doing an entirely different thing so I you know I'm not trying to burst anybody's bubble on this JJ J. J. Abrams Abram, yeah. thing but Abram, I just yeah. don't but I just don't see the correlation really between the two I'm hopeful and I would like to believe that you know JJ J. Abrams will have some pull overall in helping us get the Snyder cut and maybe be an ally to Zach but at the end of the day it just kind of looks like the deal that J.J. worked out It was more of a corporate deal In regards to projects that J.J. has already been working on And is working on in the future Not necessarily anything uh, D.C. related DC. Or superhero related That is going to really have anything to do Ultimately with what we're trying to accomplish. So I, so that's right. kind of where my, my take on the JJ Abrams. I, I don't really, I, you know, like I said, I'm hopeful that that's the case, that he will be involved in some way and that, you know, he'll ultimately be an ally. But when it comes to, you know, just the overall generalities of the deal, I just don't see it really having anything to do with us it's a it's a big studio you know he could be working on he's going to be working on completely different things and it doesn't necessarily mean that the two are going to meet at all so it's it's yeah. so that's that's just you know but that's just how i've interpreted it i don't really know but from you know it sounds like it's a big lucrative deal for j j abrams and bad robot and who knows maybe it'll maybe it will trickle down into d c at some point but I don't know. I'm a little bit, you know, and I'm a little bit concerned in regards to, um, James Gunn because I'm not happy that James Gunn is, um, working, uh, working on, uh, DCEU properties and also, uh, still working on Marvel, having one foot in Marvel because we've, we've seen how, we've seen how that works. We've seen what happens when you bring in a Marvel Studios director to come in and do a DC project right and so to me it's kind of like you're you're and now the fact that Disney has reinstated James Gunn to do uh, another Guardians of the Galaxy it's kind of like well I don't know I mean you had Joss Whedon and look what happened I mean I, I really don't you know it's not like I'm not really – so I'm really not – I really don't know what to make of the whole James Gunn thing. I've kind of got like a wait-and-see approach, but to be honest with you, me personally, I'm not really excited or looking forward to anything that the DCEU currently has on their slate. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, none of the projects are appealing to me. I I can respect – you know, your opinion on Shazam and, and it's a lot of the things that you said about how they didn't, you know, they didn't have to make references to DC, uh, to Batman v Superman or whatever, but there were a lot of things about Shazam that bothered me. And mm-hmm. one of the ma- one of the major things that bothered me is may- may- might not be something that you would expect. And maybe this is something that, you know, you'll be hearing for the first time when I say this, because maybe you didn't even realize it yourself. But during that Superman cameo, At the end of the film, when Superman comes into the lunchroom and we get the headless Superman, when he comes into the room, instead of playing Superman's theme music from those films, so instead of giving us the, you know, like a Hans Zimmer riff or anything, what did we get? We got the, we got the Richard Donner when he walked into the room and it was very subtle, but it was there it was once again the use of superman music from a prior iteration of the character that has nothing to do with the superman that was established by Zack Snyder so that to me was a big that was a big red flag and that showed that actually was a good example of how they're trying to they're trying to make us forget Again, about what we've about some of the stuff that's happened, and trying to get us to be more embracing of you know the nostalgia for the Donner uh, verse. And here's the thing about that: I love the super, the Donner films. I'm not, I am in no way a hater of the no, Christopher Reeve I, I films. We've, we've all you. we've mm-hmm. all grown up. We've all grown up on those films. We love those films. We love that version of the character. But at the same time you know it's the idea universe. it's a different thing altogether and if they're not and and the thing is they're not that that just shows me that they're really that they're not trying to embrace what was what came before even with all that you know uh Batman v Superman and all that you know the the black zero all the you know little clippings and stuff all that stuff was just easter eggs and homages to the previous films it doesn't necessarily you know it doesn't necessarily feel to me it doesn't necessarily feel like Shazam connects with those other films in a way that in the way that it should i feel like right. they they really they went out of their way to to distance themselves from those other films almost as if they were trying to say that Shazam is almost i don't want to say parodying those other films but kind of like you know I kind of, I got a whole tongue in cheek feeling about it, not in a good way, like I get from the Daredevil films. And I understand that, you know, Shazam is a much, you know, is a much lighter character. And also, like you were saying, he's probably going to mature through later films, but I've been a big fan of the character my whole life. And to me, you know, I just was not happy with the direction that they chose to go with this version of the character. But I mean, I can respect where you're coming from, and I can understand. You Jeff
1: know, John was also in the mix on that movie, wasn't he? Huh? wasn't Wasn't Jeff Johns? wasn't he in the mix on that? Wasn't that yeah, like he the was, last? Yeah, movie? he was.
2: He was wow. involved. Yeah, Jeff Johns was involved as well. So I, you know, I don't. I, you know, like I said, I'm kind of. I kind of and what uh, what bothers me the most is they use that Richard Donner music for that Superman cameo, and yet they're trying to distance themselves from Justice League and are acting like now all their movies are going to be stand alone and they're not really all that interested in a connective connected universe. So I you know it's kind of weird to me like okay you're trying to distance yourself from Justice League, but you turn around and give us something that is directly from Justice League, which was when Danny Elfman decided to use the uh, uh, John Williams uh, Superman music. So, right. I, so, so I'm, you know, so that to me is re- like, it's a really big, it's a really big problem that I have because, you know, it's, it's like they're, it's like Warner brothers is continually spitting in the face of the fan base and they're not, and they're not trying to rectify anything. They're just continually, just doing anything, and they're just trying to distance themselves more and more from anything that Zack Snyder created. And I don't know what the hell they're doing with this Wonder Woman '84 well, movie. But I, I, I just all I know for sure is that I'm, I'm really, as far as enthusiasm goes for these future projects, man, I'm really on the bubble. I could take it or leave it at this point.
1: Well, let me throw a little bit of hope at you. Okay, so Jeff Johns does- is in his own camp, he's doing ghost fricking whatever he's doing now. And Shazam was the last thing he's on. He's not involved with birds of prey that I know of. He's not involved with the Joker that I know of. He's not involved with any of these future movies that they're doing that I know of. Um, I think he's done his influence is over. And I think that, uh, I don't think he's involved with this new gods thing, which I want to talk about. What do you think of, uh, cause what, what, what matters to me is the continuity. Is yeah. continuity, continuity benefits. And as much as some people loved or hated Shazam, at least they had those Easter eggs that connected it to Man of Steel. And connected it to and, you, know what, you know
2: what it was kind of like? You know what that was kind of like? And I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example. If you watch the Marvel Daredevil TV show on Netflix, if you watch the early, the very first season of Daredevil on Netflix, they had some newspaper clippings from, uh, Avengers from 2012. Now, they're, what they're saying, what they're showing you there is they're showing you that it, it's, it's, loosely connected but they're not really they're just committed.
1: yeah they're just
2: really giving you they're basically just giving you an homage to what what happened before they're not necessarily making it you know on the nose obvious that it's connected because other than those like newspaper clippings or whatever that make brief reference to the events of the avengers there's no you know daredevil has literally no connection whatsoever to the DC, I mean, to the Marvel yeah, Cinematic yeah. Universe. So I, so I, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I kind of like looking at it like that. Like it was clever and nice that they threw those things in there, but it's not really a confirmation that
1: okay, well, they they gave false hope to the Marvel uh, fan because <laughs> um, I mean, and the only way they can rectify that is by rehiring the Dar- Daredevil guy and bringing him was last name Cox or something. And yeah, to, uh, yeah. to bring him on and include him into these movies moving forward, but I don't see it happening. With uh, DC, what I'm looking forward to is the possibility, the very real possibility of them releasing the Snyder Cut, finding a way to make it canon because they totally could. <laughs> I mean, you take, you take the very end, uh, what was it? What do they call the race at the very end with Flash and Superman? The, the, I don't know, there's a word for it in the comics. But, I mean, all you, all you gotta do is have them, you know, racing off, having Flash go so fast that he travels back into the, into the past, cause we're not gonna say back to the future. But, you know, and having that started off with, you know, having the Snyder Cut maybe start off that way, and then we're back to where, you know, maybe he's saving Iris from that that card So, car so your so
2: your so your approach is basically tur- essentially turning the Snyder Cut into almost like a like a Not pseudo a- like a pseudo sequel to the original to to the theatrical cut. That would be unique. If they did right. something like that, I mean, but I kind of, I kind of think it. of it, I kind of think of it like like that in a sense too. But in the sense, if they, if they, even if they didn't go that route, the simplest way to explain it is the DC DC is a multiverse. So technically, right. you could right. release that, you yeah. could release another movie, you could release another movie, and this is Justice how League, is that. and that's <laughs> a, a, that happened in another, you know, that happens in another and another timeline. That's all you gotta say. And and in reality, even if that's even if they you know, and if it turns out that the Snyder Cut is more popular, which I believe one thousand percent that it will be, then you could make the Snyder Cut canon and you could go from there and have, you know, do more movies in that continuity. There doesn't have to be there doesn't have to the thing is with all these movies, there doesn't have to be One continuity. They can have as many continuities as they like. It's just the idea that we want to see more in the in the Zack Snyder continuity than it looks like we're going to see. So for us, the Snyder cut would essentially be like the like the finale of the of the Snyder continuity as far as Warner brothers is concerned, if they ever actually do release this movie. And you know, you said, you said you wanted to uh, briefly discuss new gods. Well, yeah.
1: And that's, here's the thing is, you know, with uh, them trying to find a way to, to make the Snyder cut canon, you know, you have that scene with, with the race and he go, he steps into this alternate reality or the real reality and says, okay, time to get back to work. And then we see the Snyder cut. And we have a proper introduction for Darkseid because nobody walked out of the theatrical cut and said, now I know who Darkseid is and I'm prepared for New Gods, (laughs) you know. So there's no way for them to, you know, productively, successfully make a New Gods film without a proper introduction to Darkseid.
2: That's very true. I, I agree with you on that. But my problem is I feel like whatever version of new gods are going to do, that they're going to allow the people that are working on new gods to be the ones to determine how they bring in dark side. Which is to say that the dark side that we're going to get in new gods isn't going to be the dark side that Zack Snyder wanted to give us. It's going to be whatever dark side that Ava DuVernay wants to give us. It's going to be her interpretation of dark side, which means it's going to be her decision creatively how she decides to go. And, and unfortunately, like, and I, and this is, this is my, this is my problem. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like, she would be she's going to be too keen on using anything from the Snyder verse herself because she has been rather vocal about her feelings towards Zack Snyder. So I don't really think we can expect yeah. his version of Side to pop up in her version of New Gods. I just don't see that happening, which is another thing that may very well be keeping us from getting the Snyder cut. Because if well, they're planning yeah. on doing a New Gods movie and they want to they save Darkseid's introduction for whatever this New Gods movie is going to be, that, that could be directly conflicting with what Zack Snyder was doing in his version right. of Justice League. Yeah. So I, that's me where me my problem is. I, I hope you're right, though. But that's where my yeah. issue is.
1: Call me crazy, but I mean, I think that the whole reason a lot of these productions have been put on hold or delayed, yeah, is the whole Snyder cut debacle. And oh, yeah, of course,
2: yeah,
1: I I, th- I think that if they can find a way to bring that out and make it canon, things are going to move so much smoother. Oh, absolutely.
2: You know, when it, when I it
1: comes agree. to when it comes to here's an interesting theory I have on Wonder Woman 1984, and that is that you know we see that it's a brighter film we see that it's um some people fear that it's going to be different in tone and uh i feel like it's not going to be so much of a departure rather than uh maybe it's one of those things where wonder woman by accident finds herself in a different realm where because we've we've heard uh whisperings of Hawkman and hot girl. Well, Hawkman and hot girl were never part of the original justice league. What were they a part of the justice society,
2: justice society? Yeah.
1: So if we can think about maybe the possibility, because Patty Jenkins says, well, you know, you're going to understand it's going to all make sense. Why is Steve Trevor's back? Well, what if she stepped into an alternate alternate time warp or in which isn't necessarily a flashpoint it's it's similar but it's a way for the dc universe to introduce the justice society and then bring them all together so that we can have a greater bigger justice league
2: yeah so and and also and also the idea also doubling down on the idea that this is a multiverse where we can have multiple continuities. Exactly. So that that in and of itself if like what you're saying is true if that's the direction they go in I'm all for that because I think that that is what we need to see. We need to see the idea that there's multiple continuities. There's different universes out there, there's different timelines and as long as they do that, you know, there's no limit to the amount of stories they can tell or what direction they can go in because you've got a multiverse, so that's your excuse. You don't think, need to do a flashpoint, you just need to show that there's a multiverse so that you can justify doing all these different movies in different continuities.
1: I think that's exactly what Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be. I think that's the movie that's going to introduce a multiverse. We all know that the Justice Society came to an end and merged with the Justice League, and so I really think that it's a, it's a step into a different realm where, or a different verse where, uh, it's very possible that those characters be, are brought into the Justice League world. And, um, so I don't think it's so much going to be a departure. It's going to be a brighter film because it's the eighties, but, Patty Jenkins has also said that she was very careful not to make it a movie where it was a pin drop, you know, a joke every every five minutes, type of thing. That it was still gonna be a serious film, that they were treating uh I mean, you have to look at Patty Jenkins' slate of movies that she's done. I mean, has she ever made a movie that was comical or 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 lighthearted per se? I mean, she did Monster. That was Totally not uplifting. I mean, she made, uh, she would have done Thor, um, too, and said, nope, not gonna do it. You guys don't wanna, you guys wanna dictate everything I do? Then no. And I think that she's one of the few directors that Warner Brothers has really let her do her own thing. Um, and I have to remain well, hopeful. Well, well that's okay.
2: also, yeah, but that's also, Uh, we can remain hopeful in that regard because Jeff Johns is no longer there because it's been highly uh, talked about that Jeff Johns was instrumental in interfering with the third act of wonder woman that, that Patty Jenkins was happy. So that, so that in and of itself is another example of studio meddling and then allowing somebody else to have too much power and not trusting your filmmakers. So I, so again, I hope that I'm hopeful but i'm not really like i said i'm i'm really at the point where i could take or leave them at this point i don't really i i hope that they're that these films are better and that they that they're that they're good but at the same time i'm I, i'm really i'm really shaky with in terms of warner brothers with the way that they the way that they do things it's going to take me a while to I mean, I don't know if I'll ever be warmed up to them again to the point where I'll be embracing whatever they whatever they release. Because at one point there was a point where I was where I was like that. I mean Man of Steel, uh Batman v Superman, you know, they, they you know even wonder woman i was super excited for and you know and and suicide squad to a degree i was really excited for that too all of those movies they were able to get me into the theaters day one and i was super excited yeah. for all those dceu films but now i'm a little bit selective now i really don't feel that way i went to see aquaman begrudgingly because of uh because of Jason Momoa being so outspoken about the Snyder Cut and all this stuff, so I really, you know, so I really wanted to go into uh, Aquaman and be super happy for Aquaman, and you know, although there were some things I really liked about Aquaman, there were some things in the movie where that just felt a little bit off and just kind of felt deflated for me. So I, yeah, so so after Aquaman, I really wasn't, I really have not been super excited for anything. That the DCEU has has produced, even these upcoming films, Joker and Birds of Prey, it's like I I don't really Joker looks like it's gonna be all right, but then when you look at I really don't know all that much about Birds of Prey to be excited, and at this point I really don't I, I really don't care. I'm just hoping that something happens in our favor and Warner Brothers does something to make us happy as fans and kind of repairs. The damage that's happened with Snyder fans and allows us to yeah. at least get what we what we want and and what we've been trying to get, which is justice for Zach and artistic integrity and like you pointed out earlier it 's all been about Americans for suicide prevention, so all of this stuff is is wonderful, and hopefully you know there'll be there'll be something to be super excited about. Uh, moving forward. And I, so I guess what I want to ask you now is what DCEU film coming up are you most looking forward to?
1: <laughs> DCEU. Um, you know, I'm a 1,000% behind Wonder Woman 1984 um, because I, I trust Patty Jenkins. She's been very close with uh, both uh, Zach and Deborah Snyder and has taken uh, huge amounts of help from them and guidance. Um, it would not surprise me if Deborah Snyder and or uh, Zack Snyder have been to that set on a number of occasions to see what's going on there. I mean, um, and lending a hand here and there. Um, I think that uh, what we are going to see is going to turn out to be something special. And it's going to catch us off guard because a lot of people in the, in the movement are very skeptical about, you know, with the whole, uh, you know, the colorful propaganda. And I'm just sitting here going, well, you know, I guess I better not go see John wick then. <laughs> Cause he had, <laughs> he had, a, he he had, had a, a
2: very colorful poster. <laughs> yes.
1: Right. So, you know, that's, that's the stand. I'm, I've, I've kind of tried to tell people that we got to kind of, not let the the uh, the propaganda um, uh, get the best of us because it is the 80s. It's gonna be a different. Um, it's gonna be. It is gonna be different, but I don't think it's gonna be a departure from. I think it's still gonna connect to. Um, it's gonna show us what we're what we're used to seeing, and at the same time introduce something new. And I'm I'm I've really got this strong feeling that if if Hawkman and Hawkgirl are are in this, um, it's gonna be a way to introduce the Justice Society to the rest of the universe. And we have to think about the the round table that was in Justice League. I mean all the I mean, the Thanagarians that were um, you know, rumored to be in the in the uh, in the history lesson. I mean, all of this stuff could very well come together, and I when she says it's all going to make sense why you see certain things and they don't make sense now because you don't know what's going on, but it's going to make sense when you see it. I think it's going to be something that catches us by surprise. And we're going to go, Oh, okay. I can get on board with this. And, uh, but as far as the, the, so that's the, that's the, that's the one I'm most excited for. I do think that, um, James Gunn's uh, suicide squad two is going to, uh, relate to birds of prey in some way uh, because it's the same side of that you know fandom or w- the, that side of DC. Um, I think there will probably be a connection there somehow and um, that's all going to remain in the DCEU. I think there's um, give me different flavors. I mean for crying out loud they've already uh, kind of said that you know birds of prey is going to be um, rated R. It would not surprise me if well haven't they already said that uh well maybe they haven't but it would not surprise me if uh, the second suicide squad would be rated r um walter hamada's no no stranger to being uh you know a sensitive person when it comes to filmmaking you know he's he he's done all the the horror stuff and he just wants to to bring in more audiences right um and I think that that's important when we're talking about different flavors. Um, Batman, the the Batman, nineteen nineties. Um, I know we had we talked, we talked a little bit about that, but I think that if um, Joaquin Phoenix were to, if this Joker movie does well, um, that and he's on board with doing more movies in that character that possibly this nineteen nineties Batman could merge with that Joker and that could be another different universe by itself. Um, ben Affleck, he's sure staying in that Bruce Wayne shape for some reason. And uh yeah, it would not, yeah,
2: that's that's true.
1: It would not surprise me if uh because we're talking about a a new or a, a different uh Warner brothers than we did two and a half years ago. I really think that, um, there's still room to let Ben Affleck do the movie he wants to do. And I mean, there's no reason why we can't have two Batman movies in production at the same time. One's, I mean, you just have to help let the, the audience understand that there's a multiverse. And I think what's important is that 1984 is, is what's going to, uh, introduce us to to the multiverse i think that's going to be the movie that does it
2: yeah well i you know i all that's all that being said i definitely hope that you are right um this is this has been a fun fun show man we've talked about covered a lot of topics man how do you feel this being your first podcast have you have you enjoyed it
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah um i i'd be down to jump in on on some other ones i mean i got lots of crazy ideas and i think about this stuff all the time and i'm like the what if it's a lot of it's tinfoilery. Right. But I mean, right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm of, I'm of the, of the mind that again, call me crazy, but I mean, we talk about, uh, okay. So Joseph Campbell, you know, the guy that, you know, uh, he's quoted on the, all all the God's t-shirt. Yeah. You know, um, he wrote books about not, it's not theology, but it's, you know, it's, heroics and how that affects our culture and all of this different kind of stuff and so and maybe i didn't word that properly but um he was of the mind that i believe and i'm of the same mind that our imaginations um provide an open doorway to things that really do exist somewhere you know if someone drew up a unicorn it doesn't exist on this planet but I mean, if we thought of it, it exists, it exists somewhere, you know, and I really do believe that, you know, there's, uh, you know, and I've got, I, I I grew up with a kind of a unique belief system, but it's, uh, you know, we're all, in my mind, we're all gods and embryo, you know, we all, we all, we all can be the best we can be this earth is, you know, this is where it's, it's our time to grow. And after this, I mean, I believe in an afterlife and I believe that, you know, this is just the first step of our evolution. And, um, I think that, uh, if you can believe a man can fly, it's it's because someone's flying around somewhere, somewhere else, you know? And, uh, that's, that's the great thing is that, um, all of this stuff that's near and dear to our hearts is um is our imagination but it's um i don't know i just i th- i think that our uh what what we have a love for is something that um it it exists somewhere else i'm not saying that there's a superman somewhere i'm just saying that <laughs>
2: hey, hey there or, might be for it, all know. It, you know what i mean it's just like
1: <laughs> it's just like uh we we are definitely um, not meant to to just walk this earth and and then die and then uh, that's it. I think that there's a lot more to to everything, and um, superheroes provide that escape for us to be able to say, hey, you know, uh, we're not we we don't have capes on, we're not um, you know shooting laser beams out of our eyes, and we're not you know lifting. You know, we're not defying gravity, you know, being able to pick up huge things and loft them someplace. But, you know, we are doing huge amounts for, uh, suicide prevention and we're doing everything that we can to make a difference because we all have to remember that, you know, when we do this Project Comic Con thing and I've already talked to Mr. Uh, Will Rollins and he's assured me that, you know, these banners that we have, um, going around the, the, the bus stop and all of this stuff is going to have that American foundation for suicide prevention stamp on it. And it's going to really bring awareness to people who may not even care about movies, but they care, but they, but what will catch their attention is that, Oh, this is a fandom that, that is donating towards something that I too have, you know, felt the impact of, because there's a lot of people that have lost family members that maybe aren't necessarily movie fans. You know, they, uh, but they'll they'll donate to something that makes a difference in their life too, regardless of what their secondary, you know, pull is. Exactly, so exactly.
2: Exactly. <clears throat> well, I you know, that that's fantastic. Everything I believe everything that we're doing in the Snyder Cup movement is wonderful and my friend, it's been wonderful having you here tonight. I hope that uh, you'll be willing to join me again sometime.
1: Yeah, just let me know anytime.
2: That that would be, that would be great. That would be great. And uh for those, for those listening in, uh, you can find, you can find Nate on Twitter. Ubermunch is your, is your name on Twitter, correct? Sang yeah. Ubermunch1938. Ubermunch1938.
1: Ubermunch, Ubermunch 1938.
2: 1938. Yeah. So definitely check him out on Twitter. I've been following him on Twitter for a while. It's, it's awesome. It's fun. It's fun on Twitter. Uh, hashtag release the Snyder cut. We got the RT Snyder cut, uh, home base uh, Twitter page to check out, definitely check out uh, Fiona's for Snyder com website uh, for more information. If you're interested in uh, learning more about the uh, Snyder, the release, the Snyder cut movement. And of course uh, the American for or Americans for suicide prevention. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all some great stuff. But again, Nate, I do want to thank you for being here tonight I want to thank everybody for listening. You've been listening to the Zod Rider Show on psn-radio.com. Next week, I'm going to have uh, Chris Wong-Swenson, John Aaron Garza, and Dave the Film Junkie all on one show. So it should be interesting. That's going to be next week on the Zod Rider Show. And we are going to uh, wrap things up here tonight with a a track from my good friend, uh, Georgina Revel. This is Kingdom. Thank you everyone for listening. Good night.
0: Kingdom. Come on. Pick them apart one by one. You let your match, but things will never be the same. The world is watching. As I reign One day, I'll rule One day, I'll bear the cross and the ridicule The things that you do and the words that you say Make a separation in the church and the state Little mouse trapped then i let them make cake Nothing like revenge with a personal taste Nobody wants me around Everybody here, drop my name, like the pound No one's away, and just a face in the crowd Sheep to the slaughter, bitches I give my Two to get you broke up One day This game of thrones May topple over walls All for chapeas Only offered in the Part of my back's took the guillotine cuts If you meddled on The things settled is a dust Nothing to regret It doesn't was a night Dust Nobody wants me around Everybody here Drop my name at the pound No get away Face in the crowd cheap to the slaughter of bitches I give my